Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. All right. So I told you guys yesterday that I would talk about um, the six levels of dress. Now, a lot of the information that that I'm going to share with you came from a woman named Taylor Sinclair. She she was a student of Susan B. Cagill, who uh, was also the instructor of the woman who created the Color Me Beautiful system. But this is not from the Color Me Beautiful system. Taylor's a brilliant, brilliant fashion consultant, uh, image consultant. Um, And she's developed some very, very powerful fashion-based technologies. So I want to give her credit, even though I'm going to, I'm not going to give you her system verbatim because it is a trademark copywritten system. Uh, I want to compare and contrast and give you some ideas. Remember that when we talk about the four pillars of hypnotic influence, uh, when we talk about covert hypnosis in general, you can divide the things you do into passive and active. What I mean is, I don't have to turn them on. I don't have to turn them off. I don't have to decide to use them. They're just always on, right? Uh, your, your clothing statements, the clothes you wear, are one of those things. Now, you do have to choose your clothing, obviously, but once you're wearing them, it's done. You can set it and you can forget it. The clothes that you wear will set the frame wherever you go. You understand that? The clothes that you wear will set the frame. In the world of covert hypnosis, frames rule. Frames rule. You can have all the cool linguistics in the world. You can have all the um, knowledge and NLP certifications. and You may have the best product on the planet. You go into a presentation and you lose the frame. You're done. Okay? You will lose access to your skills. You will lose access to your abilities because your reality crumpled. All right? One of the most, and the, 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 the power to hold a frame is, once again, analogous to the intensity of the feelings in your body. So once again, we're coming right back to the most primal, fundamental element, feelings. Feelings are the foundation in my world. Other people will argue that. I don't care. You can do with your system what I can do with mine as fast as I do it. Go for it. I'm extremely competitive in that regard, and I'm not bashful about it. I'm extraordinarily competitive in general because my goal is to be the best, and I want my students to be the best too. So get in your asses in gear. All right. All right. So let's talk about social status. Social status is that unique combination of attractivity and authority. Right? Henry Kissinger once said, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Right? Not the best looking man in the world. Okay, so at the most uh, primal fundamental level, this is uh, basic. Um, Surface fabrication determines the level. Mixing levels appropriately can provoke a desired response. Avoid loose earrings in, in business with men. Women are perceived as flirtatious. Bare arms and low necklines are perceived as fetching. Any movement or sound from the apparel equals casual or flirtatious. So in other words, when you're wearing something that has a lot of rustling to it, 
it makes you it makes you appear or sound more casual. So think streamlined, right? Um, so we'll start with the very top level and work down. Okay. So the first level is what we call uh, evening wear. Is this anywhere in our body? No, it is not because I didn't have this when I wrote the book. Okay. This is actually relatively, probably in the last six years that I've, I've actually acquired this and, and field tested the technology. And if you, and some of you have actually done the illuminescence. Who, who, raise your hands if you've done the illuminescence. Have, are you actually doing, wearing the... She picked up the shirt for me. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Taylor's, Taylor's uh, technology is like bringing a gun to a knife fight. It's, it's that unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and yes, you will wind up wearing clothes that you would never pick. It is. It's extremely emotive. I had to get out of, I had to get rid of like 10 years of acquired stuff. It was very, very traumatic. I'm still in therapy, but, um, we talk about the highest level of social status. Okay. We're talking about evening wear, formal wear with tuxedos, evening gowns, prom level shit, wedding level stuff. Anytime you put on a tux, you automatically go to the top of the charts, regardless of the context you're in. Now, it will look dramatically out of place at a rave, <laughs> right? But, but the status will actually emanate. That's why uh, it's John, right? Or Jim? Chris? I'm Jimmy Orr. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, that's John. You got two ores in here. That was kind of weird. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, that was what screwed me up for a while. I was looking at you guys' names on the PayPal list. Like, or here and or here. I'm like, did he sign up twice? <laughs> right? But if you look at, you just, just to juxtapose the or, the or twins, right? right? This is extraordinarily casual. This would be lower status than him. Yeah. So again, even though, even though we're in the same room for the same reason, if, if both of these gentlemen got up to speak, who would we pay more attention to? Who would we give more credibility to? Even though we know he's just as smart as him, right? Smarter. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. right. Right. So, tuxedo evening wear. This is the top of the pecking order, right? <clears throat> Has to look expensive, dramatic, shows authority, black tie, formal. I mean, very formal. Okay? And you go to executive. So, you go from evening to executive. This is, this is just below that. Looks expensive. It's a very businessy kind of a look. Accomplished, very intelligent, refined. Means business, shows authority. Black tie, optional, three-piece suit. Okay. Think for those of you, for ladies who are looking for an archetype for this, think Hillary. She's always wearing a, ju a jumpsuit or a, 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 a something that, that mimics a business suit, right? This is what we're talking about. Now, it doesn't mean you can't wear a nice dress, but it has to be, you know, a conservative hemline. It ha can't have these plunging necklines. You can't be, your cups can't be running running over, you know? Um, be very, and actually, in your books, there's actually a, seg a segment on attractivity. We'll talk about jewelry. We'll talk about some of the more feminine things, but I want to give you the overall... Which person? Taylor. Taylor? Yeah. Taylor Sinclair? Okay. 
So this is the top level. Anybody who's going to be out there dealing with people should probably jump on it, right? Below that, oh, let me see here. Yeah. So the, the qualities we get here are, are business, refined, sturdy, right? Um, within that also we have what we call, she calls daytime. And again, this is very cryptic and very hard to read because you see I've kind of pieced it together. <laughs> oh, thank you. You got it? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, Taylor had a hard time with me and my group because she caters to 99% women. And I brought her an entire group of men. So she had to tweak everything. No, she doesn't. So what we're seeing here is control, power, blah, blah, money. Um, con this is, has more control, power, less money. Right, so we're going from, we're actually going from um, the evening to the executive to the business level, which is in here once again. Now this may, this could have a three-piece suit level. This might not have a, have a vest to it, but you'll have the tie. So this would be business level, right? Executive would have the, the, uh, the three-piece, or the... Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then from here, you're going to go to business casual. Now, this might be, you know, the guy who's wearing jeans and a, and a blazer, right? Might be a polo shirt, but it, it's still very nice, but it's, it's obviously far more casual, right? You're going to have, and then this is decreasing levels of social status, right? Um, so it's a much more relaxed look. You're put together. You're somewhat refined. The fabrics tend to be knits, rayons, linens with matching finishes. Um, the look separates and uh, unstructured jackets. So again, resort wear, I think, right? Then you're going to drop down to uh, what we call business cat, or to, to the actual casual level. And these have some of the lowest social status. And what you'll see in, in a lot of, especially on the East Coast, I think, is actually um, where this tends to stick out a little more. Is you'll walk into a meeting with a CEO, and they'll be in, like, Bermuda shorts and a T-shirt, right? And what you're seeing there is a power demonstration. They're, it's a frame war. They're sitting there saying, I have so much power. I am so in control that I can buck the rules, and it doesn't matter. Okay? So when you see those obvious juxtapositions, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at somebody who's trying to prove something. And the moment you understand that, they've already lost the frame. Sensory acuity is power. Because once, once you can observe and calibrate, you know more about what's going on than the person you're dealing with. Right? The moment you detect somebody doing something for the sake of demonstrating something, you should already think, I've won. No, they're demonstrating it, and flamboyance is just another way of demonstrating. Um, that I, I don't have to. I don't have to follow the rules, right? That's what they're saying. It says I don't. I don't acknowledge the rules. The rules don't apply to me. 
Well, of course they do, but they don't. Yeah. David Butterwood, Steve, Steve Jobs, Dutton Neck and Jeans all the time. I mean. Yeah. What about it? What was Steve Jones, his trademark? What? He was consistently bucking the system, wasn't he? He says, your rules don't apply to me. What is Apple about? The whole brand. Think different. Be different. Right? Don't do what everybody else is doing. That's the brand psychology. Right? They're smart, creative, outside the box. What would that cause him to lose the frame? Because he's wearing jeans and a Well, remember, he's the head of the company already. Right? And I'm pretty... He's setting the frame. So then it doesn't... So CEO comes in and just jeans and a t-shirt. He actually, even though he's playing the system, he's still setting the frame. Mm-hmm. CEOs are always setting the frame. And it's easier for them to do it because they have the power. Right? But when you're going to present to somebody like that, if you let them set the frame, you're going to lose. Right? Remember, anytime human beings interact, a frame war ensues. The psychologies, the metaframe, or the reality distortion field around you are jockeying for superiority. Who's going to lead that interaction? So you're saying if somebody was to present to Steve Jobs, then it would be in their benefit to be an executive. It's possible. Or dress exactly like him, but you may not get the meeting. <laughs> right? Isn't it interesting that if you were to go into somebody who dresses like that, not dressed the way everybody else is, that they actually might not take the meeting with you? Why? Ah, see? Yeah. Do you find that this mostly applies to like Western European and American cultures, or is it global? I, I haven't had enough international experience to tell you one way or the other. I'll be honest. I've only been to a few countries and only in certain contexts. Although I will tell you that the people in Britain were remarkably better dressed than the people in America when they came to my training. Right? Not all of them, but more. Yes. I would say well, each culture has its own kind of standards. I mean, you go to Japan and it's like they've got the kimonos and mm -hmm. different fancy attire that they have. Their right. This is based on what I have only applies in America. I don't know. I can't speak to other countries. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I get what you're saying about Steve Jobs. I mean, he owned. Why are we getting fixated on this guy? He's dead. What <laughs> so, you're basically saying, you know, the, your first concept was, you know, somebody that's in the daytime business casual and comes into with Bermuda shorts and he's really trying to not follow the rules, he's already lost the frame. That's what I understood you to say. What I'm saying is, when you walk into a culture where everybody else is dressed in a three piece suit and the boss isn't, you're, still, you're, you're, you're looking at a guy who's saying, I have so much power in this world that I don't have to follow the rules I've set for everybody else, right? And when you recognize that, you can take the mental perspective that he's somebody trying to prove something. And when you're in the presence of somebody trying to prove something, you've already won the frame. Okay, but you said with Steve Jobs, I mean, he comes in very casual. He's, he's the company, and he can, he can do that. He can set his own threat. Mm-hmm. But then you said, so if you go into a meeting with Steve Jobs, that type of person, you go into a meeting, you could dress like him, but you, you might lose. You might yeah. lose. So you, because you're challenging him. So you need to really dress what that level. You have to be. figure, you have to think strategically. Who do I need to be? How do I need to present myself in the way that I'll get my outcome? Uh, I'll give you a classic example from the, one of the few times I did trainings overseas. I was actually in Israel. Uh, I was doing a training for the vice presidents of Essence Security. And one of the guys there was a very, very um, well-traveled 
uh, executive. He'd done a business in a lot of countries and things like that. And he was talking about uh, how what I was teaching in terms of frame control and stuff, you'd have to be very careful in a place like Turkey, where if you walk in and you show any form of dominance or, or attempt at being an equal relationship, they're going to ex get extremely offended, right? Remember, our job isn't always to be dominant in the way that is alpha, that is obvious, that is threatening to people. Our job is to be dominant in the way that makes us effective in getting our outcome, even if that requires us to play the subordinate. Playing the subordinate doesn't make you a subordinate. Right? How many people here have children? Right? I have a two-year-old who tends to get whatever she wants because she asks, right? She doesn't say, Daddy, get me that. Do you, Daddy, can I have this? And you're like, oh, <laughs> right? You've had those moments. They just look at you that one way. They ask one thing. And even though you are brimming with cosmic power, infinite resources, and the ability to say no, you say, okay. How much? Who's really in charge in that dynamic? I can say no at any time, right? But I don't because I have the power and I can afford to be benevolent, right? That's why the, one of the most powerful statements you can say to another human being is, I need your help. Because it simultaneously raises their status and gives them a frame of benevolence. And that's, you'll see me, whenever I pull out of magic, first thing I'm asked, I'm sorry to bother you. I really need you. They told me you're the one that could help me. I really need your help. Boom. It's like flipping a switch. Changes their frame, puts them in the I can help you position. And if you deliver it sincerely and congruently, more often than not, you'll get the help you need. Believe it or not. You want to tell that story? Give him the phallic thing. <laughs> I'll probably never release this one anyway. So, uh, well, as you guys know, we got to do the flip flop, flip flop, and they were actually going to put us back in the other room today. To be honest, I was too damn tired to want to pack all this stuff up and set it back up. So I went up to the head desk and and asked the uh, gentleman there. I said. So uh, what's going on in this room tomorrow? And he looked it up and he goes, nothing. I said, I really need your help, man. Is there any way that you can arrange for us to just stay in that room? You'll save the hotel money from having to reset and do all the other stuff. And he's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And then he came back here and he's like, yeah, I, we got it worked out. I was like, Appreciate all that you do, and you're very professional about it. I appreciate it. Off he goes. Right? Doesn't take a lot, right? Don't need these long, elaborate scripts to get compliance. You just got to know what button to touch, right? Okay, so we have the evening wear, executive, business, daytime, business casual, okay, and then casual. Um, we're looking at uh, when you when you go casual. It has a much softer look to it. It doesn't have the clearly defined lines that we're looking for in, in these kinds of clothing, right? Very contrasty, very tone four-ish for, for lack of, for those people out there. Uh, I am not a tone four. I am a tone three. So with a tone four, less is more. 
Um, and uh, in a tone three, the more I have, the, the cooler it is. Okay. Uh, so I'm a very layered kind of guy. Uh, let's see here. The casual looks non-productive energetically. Your brain may be engaged while your body is working, but is unproductive for your mind. I don't know what the hell that means by that. Uh, good for chores and vegging. Examples of things that will put you in the casual category. Okay. Running shoes, shorts, sweaters, you know, sweats, jeans, chinos, dockers, khakis, anything that has less defined lines, very unstructured. Right. Um, so what I have would be very somewhere up in here. Right. What um, Zach has would be somewhere in the gutter. <laughs> right. So when we start, now let's, let's think about this strategically now, right? When we're going into a culture, we need to evaluate who are the rapport leaders? Who are the dominant figures? What are their dominant more forms of dress? Are they primarily in the evening wear category? Are they in the um, executive category, right? When we go in, we need to dress either at their level or one level down. One level down. Okay? Realize that when you mix and match things from different zones, you're going to get some kind of a, of a, a, de, a, a, delish, a dilution, right? So a lot of times you'll see me like towards the end of a training, not today, but uh, I'll come in and I'll be wearing sneakers instead of my dress shoes. And even though you don't see me from, you know, the waist down most of the time, it still does lower my social status because they're casual shoes, right? Now, my frame is so strong, it doesn't make all that much difference, right? But um, it does have an effect, right? You walk, like, and, and test this, right? Go in with dress shoes one day and pay attention to how people respond to you and wear the exact same set of clothes on another day and wear a completely different set of footwear and notice what happens, right? Okay. Yes? Same reason I dress up for seminars and classes because I call that my attention or Yes. Yeah. This goes to embodied cognition. They literally, uh, they tested this with a, a group of people. I don't know where the exact, actually one of my students found this particular test. I was telling him about how uh, uh, dressing a certain way or, or uh, holding certain objects like warm drinks versus cold drinks, soft chairs versus hard chairs changes how people think. And he was kind of call in, in bullshit calling mode. So he decided to, to do some, <laughs> some Google searches on embodied cognition. And he came in the next day and he found a study where they literally took a bunch of civilians, put them on an airplane, tested their visual acuity, then dressed them as pilots, put them on an airplane, and their visual acuity went up 20 points just by dressing them as pilots. Okay? Yeah. Clothing matters. Clothing matters a lot because it goes right to self-image. And anything that goes right to self-image goes right to capabilities. Right? I'm dressed like a slob, therefore I'm not that smart. Therefore, I deserve to not be as sharp. Sharp lines, sharp thoughts, Blurred lines, blurred thoughts. Yes. Don't 
It's because she's got a hippie for a mom. <laughs> you know the answer. What's that? This is very interesting because she has a cape mm-hmm. and she like that's her that's her jam, that's her trademark. It's her cape. Right. That's all right. So, is this useful? Yeah. Yes, sir. I um, one thing that, about dressing is mm-hmm. the way the clothes actually make you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I can put on nice clothes, but if I don't feel good, mm-hmm. um, it's going to affect how I. It will affect to a certain degree, but it will still have more visceral impact on the people around you, and that's what we're talking about, sure. right? I hate. Honestly, I love I love the style I use, but I don't like dressing this way. I don't like having to dress this way because I'm a sweatshirt and t-shirt, sweats and t-shirts kind of guy. Because I, I love martial arts, I love to just you know be comfortable, right? What? Yeah. Well, you, I was right. Um, yes. They borrowed the suit. Yep. They clearly don't look comfortable. And that to me says less power than somebody who's actually in nice jeans and nice shirt looking mm-hmm. clean and comfortable. Yep. For sure. Even though one's a suit and one's technically casual, mm-hmm. if you can't pull off the suit and it's sloppy. That goes to self-image, doesn't it? Just, it, it totally tanks everything on mm-hmm. the list. Versus yeah. if I well, the incongruity is what does it. Yeah. Right? It's not the social status of the clothing. It's the incongruity which goes back to self-image, right? But let's make a distinction between feeling out of place in the clothes and the clothes not being comfortable, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yes? When I go to work, I dress like this every day. Mm-hmm. This is a business trip. I'm most comfortable when I'm dressed the way I'm dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's familiar. Sure that my shirt is a half inch bigger than what is normal, so I don't Yep. Care, so I don't get the... Mm-hmm. When I, whenever I am in an uncomfortable situation, I got the, I can get two fingers in there. Uh, but I, I guess that's acceptable in certain contexts. <laughs> what goes through my mind, though, is I only have one opportunity to make a first impression. That's right. So I want to exhibit, first of all, self-confidence control of my own thoughts and mm-hmm. where I'm going and display to people that I've had a client say, I knew you knew what you were going to say before you even opened your mouth. I, I, I knew you knew what you were talking about. I, I just, he had that feeling just because the car I drove, the way I walked, the way I was dressed. Is that hypnosis? Anything other than it's yeah. That's my point. The clothes that you wear, the body posture you move through the world in, are the lenses that focus or diffuse the signal that you send out. Now, that works in the suburb area. If I go out in the country, if I don't have cowboy boots on and a straw in my mouth, I, they look at you with a tie on. See, See, he's he's demonstrating tremendous, tremendous cultural and sensory acuity by this. And by the way, I used to do the same thing. And anybody who's good at what they do knows to do that. 
you go into the you go into the suburb like when I was going up in Pennsylvania, you're going into some of these oil towns and stuff like that. You walk in there with a three piece suit on. Uh, you know, one of the things that I used to do was, um, in fact, John Laval used to tell these stories too. But when I would go into a place that was like real redneckville, the first thing I do as soon as I got out of the car, I would take the tie to skew it like I'm like just kind of slow, somewhat sloppy, not caring so much, glad to not be around that stuff, right? Do you think that would mitigate like racist tendencies? Like if I have a client in a redneck, this has happened to me. I've had to go out to redneck areas in my environment for a client, and it's been at some point. Not physically dangerous, but it didn't feel good because of mm-hmm. tension. And I'll be honest, my fashion game is not there at all. But it, but if it were, if I dressed more like the culture, that probably would have. Yes. Uh, What's the principle? People like people who are. Right. Even if you're from a different racial background, if you adopt the clothing and the, the attitudes for the time that you're there. Right. I've met black people who are whiter than some of the whitest people I've ever met. Right. And to me, you're all people, you know, um, y'all eat the same. So y'all taste the same when you cook them up and just, <laughs> sorry, I've been hanging around Zach's stuff a little bit. Uh, he got me to eat human meat, I guess. But yeah, this also goes back to studies that were shown for those of us that are in home based businesses where they mm-hmm. they've shown that dressing, even though you're home, nobody's around getting out of your morning wear, putting on your business clothing, they've shown how it boosts your productivity simply because you, you put your mindset into, now I'm into business mode. Mm-hmm. I'm not in your, your identity changes as your apparel changes. Mm-hmm. Period. When I say identities are like a suit of clothes, it's more literal than you realize. Right? Dress for the person you need to be. Right? That's all I'm saying. Understand the levels of status. The more, the higher you go up the chain, the more hypnotically suggestible the people become. Especially if they're at this level and you're here. Right? It's not just about whether, what about this? What about the exceptions to the rule? We can't focus on the exceptions to the rule. We have to focus on what's most likely. Because once we master that, now we have the bandwidth to deal with the exceptions. Nothing works on everybody and something works on, and everything works on somebody. Yes? Um, just uh, when I was in class, there was a girl that she deals with uh, horses, mm-hmm. uh, mainly all day long, and like high-end horses. And Did she wear a saddle when she was around her horse? <laughs> but she, uh, Taylor was even telling her, like, even when she's working with horses, she needs to be in her tone and, like, do her thing because it affects even the horses around her, so... Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to go get toned and, and, and jump into that technology. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But you do need to understand social status and the dress and how it affects you. Right. It'll make your job easier or harder, depending on how you choose to strategically use this. And that's all I care about. Teaching you how to make your influence efforts easy. Get bigger, the biggest return on your investment, the most bang for your buck. Yes, I know it's comfortable to wear jeans and a T-shirt or shorts or, you know, the baggy pants. and st- I know that. Okay. But even when, you know, nine times out of 10, when I'm at home doing Skype work in my bedroom, I still put this on. I still put this on. It really makes a huge difference for you. Yeah. Right? I still put it on. Now, is it for me or the client? Right? Yeah. Right? Um, can I, have I done things in, in jeans and a t-shirt? Yeah, of course I have. 
right? But I feel that I give my best when I look like the person they're expecting to be, right? Or be with, right? So, um, any other questions on this? Thank you for listening to the Unlimited Influence Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer. 